Jesus. Hallelujah. We are back. Hi, welcome to Living Louder. This is a podcast all about embracing your imperfections, taking a leap of faith into a richer, fuller, more empowered life. I'm your host. It's your girl, Chauncey Renee, and I'm so excited that we have made it through another week. We survived. I know the last time that we had Uh, that this podcast aired, we still didn't know the election results. We finally do know those results. It was a painstaking process. Um, But we're here. We finally know what's going on. And I do feel like there has been just such a collective sigh of relief as far as at least regardless of how you were voting, of knowing like, all right, we are not in suspense any longer. Okay, well, I do understand that there are some people who are trying to contest those results, but you know what? We're not going to focus on them today because this is my podcast. You know what I'm talking about? This is my podcast. This is a safe space. (laughs) So I'm so happy that you're here with me today. Um, We have a fun episode coming up. It is just me all by myself here and... um, I want to share about a concept that I learned about recently that I feel is just really, really uh, timely for the season that we're in right now. Um, And so before we hop into that, let's talk about some good news (laughs) other than those election results. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Hey, 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 let's start it off with some good news. Our good news for this episode comes to us from Instagram account because of them. This story warmed my little heart. It is about a 12-year-old boy named Christoph Melo. And hopefully I'm saying his name right. Lord knows I need to do this boy justice. He is 12 years old and his mom is currently battling breast cancer. And Christoph is a swimmer and he decided he wanted to do something to raise awareness for the disease that his mom was going through. So this boy decided that he was going to raise awareness by swimming from St. Lucia, an island in the Caribbean, all the way to another island in the Caribbean called Martinique. He did it, y'all. He raised money. He raised awareness for breast cancer. Let me tell you how incredible this feat is. Only a few people have done this, and he was the youngest person to ever do it. So he made history in the process of doing something just out of the goodness of his little heart. Now, I want y'all to think about how long that would take to to swim from one island to another, (laughs) because I had absolutely no idea. It took this 12-year-old boy 13 hours, 50 minutes, and 47 seconds. He left the Bay of St. Lucia at dawn on Saturday and arrived at St. Anne in Martinique around 6 p.m. And he was met with 
tons of people cheering and just really excited crowds. Um, he was actually accompanied by his father and a group of like doctors and divers and family members who were in a separate boat who swam next to or uh, that they drove the boat next to him. So this is so exciting. He's now a member of a very, very, very small elite group of swimmers who've successfully crossed that channel, including like world champion swimmers who did this at ages like 39, 69, 71. He's the youngest. And uh, one of the quotes that he said uh, was, I held on singing songs to myself, thinking about the encouragement I received on social media. I was hungry at times during the crossing. I sometimes wanted to stop because I was tired. But when this idea crossed my mind, I told myself I had no right. I had to continue for the cause I was defending. Aw, Kristoff, you're so awesome. That's our good news for this week. That warmed my heart. You know, when a kid has their mind to something and they've got a team to support them, there's just no telling what they can accomplish and... Uh, my hat is off to this kid because I'm really excited to see what they end up accomplishing in years to come. So this episode, I really wanted to focus on communication and how we can make that better. I've just noticed that we have been having a lot more conversations than typically we normally do. And the conversations are just really, really charged. I mean, we are still in the middle of election season and, you know, we've, we're having those conversations not only with friends and not only with family members, but even with people on the internet sometimes. When we're at work, the tone of our conversation has changed because the majority of it for a lot of us is now digital. And there's just so much room for miscommunication and... um for us not to be, you know, normally we're at the office or we're at our workplace, we're face to face, we could read facial cues, we can, you know, nudge each other, push each other. I don't know how friendly your place is. I mean, we're not pushing each other and stuff. But you know what I'm trying to say, like, we could be very friendly with one another. And uh, we could joke around and we can feel that. But online, that communication isn't necessarily the case. And because we are home, a lot of us are just online more. So that leads us to like social media and those conversations. And obviously that communication can get very charged very quickly. Oh my gosh. Have you ever like been on just this really nice post of, I don't know, sunshine and flowers. And then you scroll to the comments and you're like, how did you get to wanting to fight about like, your grandpa and whether or not he fought in World War II. Like, I just, <laughs> it's like the most random stuff. But you guys know those conversations escalate so, so, so quickly. So right now, we're even going into a holiday season where you will be around probably more family members if you're able to do so. And those conversations, whoo! Those conversations can be difficult sometimes when you're trying to live your truth, but also keep the peace. So <laughs> um, anything that we can do that can alleviate misunderstanding or just help to improve the quality of communication, I am all about. And I want to share a little bit of something that I learned 
so that, you know, maybe you could take it with you and see if it kind of helps with the communication that you're having too. So without further ado, I just finished taking a online course with a really awesome teacher. Her name is Miriam Hasna, for those who are interested. And uh, it's basically all about embodying liberation from different uh, oppressive systems that we've encountered just all throughout our lives. And one of the concepts that she talked to us about is the window of tolerance. And so this is a term that was actually coined by a psychologist. So it's it's a term that's been around for a while now, um, but his name is Dan Siegel and S-I-E-G-E-L, Dan Siegel. And he talks about how the window of tolerance is basically a way to describe a zone that we humans can get into that is optimal for communication. And um, it's also optimal for us to just kind of function as human beings in the best way possible. Um, And that includes communication. So Basically, if you kind of picture it, I'm going to share two concepts. One is hyper arousal and the other is hypo arousal before we talk about that window of tolerance. So if you can imagine hyper arousal as being above and hypo arousal as being below. So hyper arousal is basically known as the flight or fight response. Okay, so it's really characterized by just being really hypervigilant, being anxious, um, that panicky feeling, and those racing thoughts that you would normally have during a situation of just like high intensity, basically. We also have hypoarousal, which is more of like a freeze response. And this as you can imagine, is going to be when you're kind of numbed out, you're frozen, you may be paralyzed, you may be empty, you're just kind of underperforming in your optimal range. So when you're in either of these states, let's just think about sometimes where you're in hyper arousal, maybe you're running late, maybe you missed a deadline or um, someone cuts you off in traffic and that triggers you, uh, someone calls you out your name, uh, those situations can kind of bring us into more of a hyper arousal state. And hypoarousal, this is times where we're just like, we're really not all the way there. We're frozen. All of these are trauma responses. So some people, instead of going higher, they go lower. So they are going to freeze if someone confronts them on something. Hey, even something silly like, hey, did you eat the last Klondike bar? I don't know why. Just go with it. But did you do that? And for some for some people, being accused of something that they didn't do will cause them to freeze or cause them to numb. Um, so, or, you know, of course, there's much more serious responses. Like if, if you have PTSD and someone, you know, touches your shoulder in a way that causes you to remember a certain traumatic event that can cause you to freeze or it could cause you to go into hyperarousal, which is that upper, higher, panicky mode. So 
As you can imagine, being in either of these states is going to be very difficult for you to function in the way that you know that you should be functioning, right? It's hard to um, do something rationally when you are in either of these states. So again, we're picturing hyperarousal as higher, hypoarousal as lower. Well, right in the middle there is what we call the window of tolerance. And that window is really the optimal place, that optimal way of functioning for you to be able to process information, for you to function well, um, for you to be able to think, to reflect, to act, you really want to be in that, that window. Now, we are human beings on planet Earth, and part of the human experience is being in all of these states multiple times a day, right? It's not always going to be like this extreme version of hyperarousal or an extreme version of hypoarousal, but we do dip down. We do um, go higher into all three of those different categories um, throughout our day and throughout our lives. So that's completely normal. What we really want to do is we want to optimize that window of tolerance, though. That's the sweet spot. That's where we really want to be um, as much as we possibly can. Everybody's window of tolerance is going to be a little bit different. So there's some people who have a very, very narrow window of tolerance. (laughs) We all know those people. And it's not necessarily bad to be one of those people, but we know that There are some people, because of whatever reason, whether it's things that they've gone through, um, you know, their past experiences, even their just just their genetic makeup, that cause them to have a much more narrow window of tolerance than we're used to. And there are some people who have a wide, 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 wide window of tolerance. And to be honest, that's not always necessarily the best thing. So. I'm thinking of some people who may have had to grow up and not be able to have the luxury of reacting in certain situations. And so they kind of, it's a, it's a trauma response to be able to think rationally, if you will. It's a trauma response to be able to just be so clear headed and not have to process anything that's going around uh, around them. So it's not necessarily a great thing or a bad thing to have a narrow or wide window of tolerance. I think it's also important to note that we can have a different window of tolerance for different things. For example, you may have had racist relatives your whole life And so when someone says something racist, that doesn't trigger you to go into hyper or hypo arousal. You can pretty much stay in your window of tolerance and be relaxed and listen to them and actually be able to respond to them very um, rationally. And, you know, your heartbeat doesn't go up or you don't freeze, freeze. Uh, For some people, when it comes to racism, 
that window of tolerance could be very narrow just because of past experiences that they've gone through. And so that should also be respected. And that same person who has a narrow window of tolerance for that could have a wide window of tolerance for something else. So we're all ebbing and flowing and moving through these different uh, states of being at different times. So when it comes to wanting to talk to our friends, talk to our relatives, um, talk to people even on the internet and have difficult conversations, it's really important for us to note that we need to be in the window of tolerance, not only to give the information, but we have to make sure that the person on the receiving end of that information is in their window of tolerance as well. This is when really positive communication can happen. We want to make sure that we're in our window, they're in their window, so that we're all in that free space of being able to hear, being able to listen, to receive information, and also to provide feedback, right? I know you can probably think of times where you have tried to talk to someone when they're not in their right window of tolerance. Maybe they just came home from work. That's not the best time to talk to someone about a sensitive matter. If you're on the internet and a person is going off in the comments and you decide that you're gonna hop in and give them a piece of your mind too, that communication is not going to go anywhere because the person who's going off is in their state of hyper arousal. So by you, even if you are in your window of tolerance, if you are trying to communicate with them and they're in that state, they are not going to be listening to anything that you have to say. So it's a waste of your energy, it's a waste of their energy, and it's a waste of time. And that's the same thing with these face-to-face conversations as well. If you catch someone off guard, let's say there's someone who's like deathly afraid of confrontation, and no matter how hard you try, when you talk to them, they freeze up. You can't continue to have a conversation with them because they're frozen, boo. What are they going to do? You're not going to get through to them because they are not in their right state of mind to speak with you. So that's something that you're going to have to work through with that person. Um, So all in all, I want us to be able to remember that we have to be in our window of tolerance. They have to be in their window of tolerance in order for communication to be positive, to be flowing, and to be as effective as possible. Now, the good news is that we can actually manage our window of tolerance. So we can, for those of us who have been like dysregulated and have gone through trauma and we've realized that we will automatically go through to hyperarousal or to hypoarousal when there are certain subjects that are brought up or there are certain situations that we're put in, we can actually learn to train ourselves to widen that 
window of tolerance for ourselves. And so these are skills that we've kind of been talking about the pot, talking about in the podcast already. Um, but grounding is one. We did a great episode on that, the last one with Venus. Um, so go back to that if you haven't heard that one yet. But we learn how to ground ourselves. Um, so that's a good one. Practicing mindfulness skills, you know, breathing. We have a whole episode on breathing. Go back to that one. Um, but doing all of those things with the intention of widening that window are going to be really helpful. Now, if you feel yourself going to that hyper arousal or that hypo arousal, Uh, Another thing that you can do in the moment is just staying in the moment and focusing on your physical sensations, opening your palm and closing your palm, squeezing your palm, opening it and squeezing it and just kind of focusing on that movement, Uh, grounding your feet and focusing on that grounding. These are things that we can do that will help us if we find ourselves in those zones. You have to be in your window. And they have to be in their window in order for this to work. We're having a lot of conversations and they're not always the easiest ones to have. But this is one thing that we can be looking out for. And if you feel like you're you're in your window and they're in their window and it turns out that they really are not in a space or you somehow start getting triggered again and you're, you're moving to hyper or hypo, you can pause that conversation and you can say, you know what, I'm not in the right space to do this. I thought I was, you know, let's revisit the conversation when we're when we're both ready. That's cool. It's all about learning and it's all about growing and, and doing our best to... Doing our best, honestly, to do our best. Because that's all we can do. You know what I'm saying? That's all we could do. So I hope that this week that you do practice being in a window of tolerance and catching yourself when you're going to into hypo arousal or hyper arousal. If you find that you are often going to those two extremes and you're doing it a lot, really would suggest seeing someone professionally because that's no way to live and you don't have to live there. You don't always have to be going off and you don't always have to be shutting down. And I think kind of depending on your temperament, you have a natural disposition to do one or the other. Um, But yeah, we want to be able to be adults. We want to be able to have hard conversations and, you know, not liking confrontation. I'm saying that with air quotes. I don't like confrontation. Okay, I get that, but you're going to have to have some confrontational conversations as an adult, especially if you are trying to improve your life and you're trying to grow. You're going to have to have hard conversations. And so the best thing that you could do for yourself is to try to work on skills like this that are going to make it easier for you. I know that it might not feel that it's easy, uh, that it's easier for you, but in the long run, it's going to be so much easier easier uh, because you will not have been living out this pattern of non-confrontation and just accepting behavior over years and years of time. At some point, you've got to confront that behavior. So it's hard to make it easier for you. If you're interested in learning a little bit more about the window of tolerance, there's a ton of information on the internet about it. Um, You can also look 
I just pretty much Google Dan Siegel's name. Um, also, if you're interested in learning more about Miriam Hasna, I'd encourage you to. She's a spiritual teacher and she's pretty awesome. She uh, utilizes a lot of different modalities to achieve healing. So it's not just spiritual, but it's like mental, physical, emotional, and she uh, crowdsources from a lot of different experts in the field. So I do enjoy her class and I plan on taking more. Um, but yes, let's move into our call to action. It's a call to action. Action. Our call to action for this episode and for this week to come is to simply recognize when you are fluctuating through your different categories of hyper arousal, your window of tolerance and hypo arousal. What are some situations where you find yourself reacting in a, you know, your heart starts racing, you have that flight or fright, <laughs> that I cannot say that phrase, <laughs> fight or flight reflex, um, or when you're kind of dipping down and you're freezing, what situations cause you to do that? I would be really curious um, to know because we, again, we all do all three and different situations cause us to be in either hyper or hypo arousal. So recognize some of those things, take some time to reflect on that and Focus on widening that window of tolerance in a really healthy way. So we're not squashing our emotions. Uh, we're not gonna be robots on planet Earth because we're here to be human, right? So we want to be able to integrate those emotions in a more healthy way. And so a good step to starting to do that is by understanding ahead of time what situations cause us to go into hyper or hypo and then focusing on that and focusing on all the techniques that we've been building over time to widen that window of tolerance so you can be a more embodied person. You could be a person who is living their richer, fuller, more empowered life because we live in louder. Okay. Uh, uh, uh. This has been our episode for this week. I'm so glad that you joined me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You can always leave me a voicemail, 3344 Louder. Hit me up on the Gram Living Louder podcast. My website, chancyrene.com, is where you can contact me and also donate to the podcast. If you'd be so kind to leave me a five-star review and write a little sum sum. Let me know what's up. Let me know you're out there. I love you. Have a fabulous week. See you next time. Thank you.